Welcome back, Seahawks fans, to the newest episode of the Seahawks Nest Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Sano, joined, as always, by the Penguin. To my... Uh, wait, I just had it. I just had it and lost it. To my... I'll, I'll be Scarecrow. Kevin, how you doing? Uh, I am wearing the best makeup job I've seen this side of Darkest Hour. And our very own Joker. That's right. It's Eric Ronick. Eric, how are you? Hopefully not the Gerald Leto Joker. No, no, no. We don't we talk about get, that joke. You you, we don't talk about. Yeah, we don't talk about Bruno. Uh, the, the, <laughs> that Joker with the tattoos on his face. No, he's, doesn't he's, doesn't exist. He's damaged. You you know how you know. Because it says it right it on his forehead. It. All right. So what we're gonna do today is we're gonna try to get a feel for how we think the whole first round of the draft will go. Give us a, an idea of maybe. Um, what guys might fall to the Seahawks? What what we're trying to we're going to try to get in the heads of the other teams. Also, maybe look at some points in the draft the Seahawks might want to trade up, or if they trade down, might want to aim for because we like the players that are available in those spots. So we're going to do like a it's just a complete first round mock. We're going to thirty two picks. We're going to try to fly through these so we don't make it like a two hour podcast. Um, so you you guys ready? And oh, it'll alternate. Eric, Kevin, Nathan, Eric, Kevin, Nathan. So here we go. Eric Jacksonville Jaguars on the clock. Uh, most people, about 55% of mocks, have them taking Aiden Hutchinson. There's a few holdouts for for Evan Neal or Ikea Kwanwu. Uh Let's see. It says, yeah. So what do you what do you think? Do you think they? Uh, it seems like the smoke all says Hutchinson. Do you agree with that, or are they, is there a chance they take a, a big tackle to protect Trevor Lawrence? What would you do, Eric? Would you would you want the big tackle to protect your uh, your franchise quarterback, or would you want the uh, the Aiden Hutchinson, the sure thing defensive end? I have a feeling Eric cannot hear me. I, I can hear you. No, I'm sorry. I can hear you. <laughs> I'm, I, I haven't podcasted in a couple of weeks, so I'm like scratching my chin, realizing I'm not on camera. I honestly feel like it's got to be it's got to be offensive line for the Seahawks. Well, wait, we're we're Jaguars, buddy. Oh, I know, I know that, but so in, in this, like, oh. from what I'm hearing, Aiden Hutchinson is going to go number one, and no one is calling on him. I'm going Aiden Hutchinson for the Jags. I think yep. I think you're right. I think it's like... like it's there's so no reason safe. for the Hawks to try and trade up here. It, I think it would be foolish. We'd have to give them so much, and they seem like they really are attached to the player, for yeah, sure. Yeah, they seem to want to give Walker Little a try after drafting him high last year. They franchised Cam Robinson, so it makes sense. And I think you made a good point. Like the Seahawks would have to probably have to pay a lot to move up to any of these spots. It just seems, it just seems unlikely that we're going to be going, if we go up, it'll be like from second round to back of first round or middle of first round, something like that. There's just, these teams in front of us are all so needy, right? Like the Jags, the Lions, Houston, the Jets, yeah, the I think Giants. I the term talent deficient. <laughs> they just all, they all need a lot of players. And Carolina is like the only one I could see wanting to trade back because they just aren't good. Anyway, we'll get to Carolina later. All right, Kevin, you're the, you get to be you get the joy of being Dan Campbell and the Detroit Lions now. Uh, I'm I'm using a web, we're using a website called Grinding the Mocks. Uh, if you haven't checked it out, it's pretty cool. It has um a lot of stuff. So basically, a lot of people think that they'll also go edge. Um. They forty percent of the mocks go edge. We've got some quarterback here, a little uh, Kyle Hamilton hype, um, some wide receivers, linebacker. Here's the thing: they can go a lot of directions because they're not good. <laughs> so, so what would you do if you're the Lions? So when I take a look at the Lions roster, um, a couple things stick out to me. Uh, I definitely agree they're not going to be going offensive line because you go offensive tackle here. They have Taylor Decker and Penesu already, and they just spent a high round pick on Penesu. Um, they need a wide receiver, but they can get one of those later in the draft. Um, they're in a really good spot to pick someone developmental. So that would lead me towards edge or corner. They picked Afita Melifonwu last year in the draft. Um, they have Amani Arwarie, who played pretty well as a 2019 pick, finally getting a little bit of time. And then I imagine that they still want to see if... Um, their first round pick from a couple years ago at corner can like become something Jeff Okuda. So I'm thinking it is going to be edge. Um, so the, that becomes, is it Kayvon Thibodeau or is it Trayvon Walker? 
the the draft riser Trayvon Walker, the guy who has surged up draft boards to to such an extreme degree. The he the comp the winner of the combine, if there ever was one. This guy has made himself uh, a so lot of much money. money. He's gone from basically like late first round to like top ten pick. It's and so crazy. Yeah. <clears throat> if you look at who they have, Charles Harris came on and played really well for them, and he's kind of a lighter defensive end. Uh, Julian Aquara was a third round pick. He's a lighter defensive end. He was pretty productive for them. Um, their kind of only base end is Michael Brockers, who is uh, getting up there a little bit. And for that reason, for the high upside, because I think they need to take big gambles that pay off big. I think Trayvon Walker makes a lot of sense here. Okay, Walker goes to the Lions at two. Um, I'm at three. I'm picking for Houston. Houston <laughs> needs everything. Uh, there's literally nothing Can that should be off the owner? board for them. Uh, I think I think Walker would have made a lot of sense for them. Thibodeau makes some sense. But I think at this point, you, you have all three of the big offensive linemen just sitting there. I think that they definitely would take one. Um, it's hard to pick between Neil and a. Kwanwu, and it, no one seems to have a read on which one of those guys they like better. The mocks are pretty split. 84 uh, mocks have Neil, and 84 mocks have Kwanwu. I will say Texans, uh, Texans reporters seem to think that they're a little higher on a Kwanu because yeah. he's uh, kind of the big run blocker, and they want to have a tougher offensive line. Well, we got to protect Davis Mills, <laughs> so I'm get a Kwanu. <laughs> All right. Your assets. All right, Eric, you get to be the hated New York Jets here. The New York Jets um, are picking at four. Uh, a lot of people like them to take uh, like like Sauce Gardner, right? That's the the kind of the popular pick at this point. Um, and a great pick for a, a Robert Bob solid defense. And then some people think that that they're going to go offensive tackle and kind of, um, which is weird because they just drafted Becton a couple of years <laughs> ago. So like, all kinds of strange, uh, strange things are happening in Jet Jets land. So, as the as the brand new owner of the New York Jets, Eric, I'm, uh, I'm surprisingly what? selling the team. I'm just gonna flip them. <laughs> I'm throwing you a curveball here, but it's the Jets, and you know why? Why mess with? with We're the moving Jets? to San Diego for the Columbus Blue right. Jackets. <laughs> The Chargers got screwed, and we're going to make up for it now. Now they're the San Diego Jets. And because we're the Jets, we're going to now sign Phillip Rivers out of retirement just because we don't know what we're doing. Um, okay, so I feel like the Jets could do a number of things here. I know Salah's, you know, Salah's the coach. He's going to want defense. I don't think that Sauce Gardner is, as the owner, I don't think it's a wise pick at number four. I think it's a fine pick, but this is a team that needs so much. Having said that, I got to think, what are the Jets going to do? I'm looking at the Jets at quarterback, the Jets at edge. Because if you're building a defense, you want to build it in the front four, and you can always use more pass rush. And Bob Sala always had that elite uh, edge rusher. Yes, he did. You think of Thibodeau then? I'm I'm going uh, Kayvon Thibodeau because I kind of thought he might go to the Lions. I feel like the Lions will go with a guy that they've circled over, you know, months. And I think that's what the Jets do here. And um, although I think that I think Saul is smart enough to really be, you know, honed in on the one pass rusher that's going to be the best. Why not Thibodeau here? Yeah, I think I think that's a good call. I'd, I could definitely see them. It's Gardner, Hamilton, uh, you know, Evan Neal, if he's available, Thibodeau. They have options that are all at positions of need for them, except for they really need a wide receiver, and I don't think four is the right spot. All right, Kevin, as the New the New York football giants, um, which Eric will get to be in just a second, so get get ready, Eric. Can't, you're going to pick it. Can't wait. <laughs> you're gonna get can't to, wait. You're going to you're gonna, you're gonna get to be both teams. Uh, so the Giants at five here, you've got – they need offensive line help bad. You've got all the good offensive line options left, Kevin. Do you think that that's, uh, that's the direction they'll go with, uh, with Neil here? Yeah, I think the thing is if you tr- – uh, they the two places where I would be really tempted to get somebody would be um, offensive tackle, um, especially offensive line, but especially offensive tackle. They need a right tackle to play across from Andrew Thomas and uh, wide receiver. I don't think this is where you get wide receiver. I think you can actually trade back from seven and address that need. Um, I would have loved to get an edge rusher here, but the next one up is probably either George Karloftis or um, the Jermaine Johnson out of Florida State. So I'm going to go ahead and take 
Evan Neal, who I think has a really good fit playing on the right side for them. All right. And then I get to be the Carolina Panthers. The Carolina Panthers, in my opinion, they they have thrown up a little bit of a signal with the whole quote said that, like, sometimes you just got to call your shot at quarterback. I do think that a lot of mocks have moved to giving them a quarterback instead of a tackle. Um, we've got uh, 101 mocks giving them uh, Pickett, 80 mocks giving them Willis. Um, I am going to give them Willis in this mm-hmm. case. Uh, I think it's the highest upside pick, and you already have the uh, the moderate upside. Uh, Can I tell you <laughs> Sam, the dumbest thing? Sam Darnold sitting <laughs> on your roster. So I, I, the reason I do people think that... are saying they think it might be Pickett is because uh, when their head coach was at Temple, he recruited Pickett. That's true. I, and I that, really don't think that's what's going to happen, but that'd be really dumb if it did. They they really like, you know, they like wanting running quarterbacks because of the PJ Walker thing, right? Yeah. Like they, they obviously have like an affinity for that style of quarterback and Willis would fit right in there. And you don't have to throw him straight into the fire because of the Darnold uh, is there. You could, you could, you could run Sam Darnold out there for one more year, try to prove a point or whatever. I don't know. All right, Eric, now you're the Giants. As a Seahawk, so, I'd be really happy to see Willis go ahead of us. Yeah, I think that I think it's happening. There's a lot of smoke there. Uh, so the Giants, uh, listed needs here, offensive line, edge defender, and linebacker. Um, you could go... Picked up a right tackle so, already, um, but they do could, need interior all line. Yeah, you could, yeah. Go, you could go center. You could go... This is the thing that's tough for them is the best players left, Hamilton, Stingley, uh, Gardner, those guys all aren't perfect fits, but I mean, I think you just make it work, right? Like, would would you rather take the best talent here if you're the Giants, or do you do you reach a little bit for positional need? That's I, the question. I think at some point in this top, I think seven or eight, someone is going to just circle a a player that that I'm going to announce in a second that is like, oh, they went with that person. Probably a good idea, even though they need more. And that's why I think the Giants are going to go ahead and pick Sauce Gardner, quarterback, best quarterback, cornerback in the draft. Um, something that they can bolster their defense with. They need so much help, but I feel like the Giants think that they're okay on offense. And you got, we already got the offensive like help that they needed with Evan Neal, and then yeah. now we're gonna, now we're gonna shore up the D a little bit with Gardner. Well, if the rumors they are do- true and they move Bradbury, that makes sense. Yeah, and that, I was gonna say people are saying they have to move Bradbury for yeah. cap reasons, so they're gonna the <clears throat> cornerback would instantly become a need. And also, cornerbacks is one of those positions where you can kind of never have too many guys. It seems like at this point. All right, at number eight, picking for the Falcons, everyone loves Falcons taking Garrett Wilson. Kevin, are the Falcons taking Garrett Wilson for you, or, or are you gonna go in a different direction? I mean, they definitely need a wide receiver um, because they have none. They have a tight end. That's like a wide receiver. He um, is a wide receiver. He's he's not. A, he's a move tight on. end in the modern he, NFL. That's still a tight end. It's he he lined up in line like ten percent of the time last year though. Like this is they used him as straight up an X wide receiver. I mean, his agent definitely likes you making this argument. Um, <laughs> so I think they spent kind of um, high assets on offensive tackle already. I actually do think they could still use one, but uh, I just don't think they're going to end up putting uh, those assets in that position. Uh, Cornerback could make a lot of sense with Derek Stingley sitting out there. Mm -hmm. But I do think it's going to be wide receiver. And I think it's going to be wide receiver Drake Landon out of USC Mm. because he offers a very different skill set. Garrett Wilson wins in a similar way to how Calvin Ridley wins. So if Calvin Ridley comes back, um, you're a little samey. Drake Landon is that... Um, tall, contested catch, um, like body yeah. out receiver that uh, they haven't had without Julio. And Garrett Wilson is an interesting prospect too because he's a slot. He's probably going to – everyone plays with three right wide receivers, so this is not a slight on him, but he's probably going to play a lot in the slot. Um, he did, uh, what, 74% of his snaps at slot in 2020. And he played outside in 2021 and did well, but a lot of people think when he comes to the NFL, he's going to move back inside to the slot where he was pretty dominant and I'm, I'm, I'm into it. Like, I think it's, I think it's a, I think Garrett Wilson is an interesting prospect just from a perspective. All right. Seahawks picking at nine. Here we go. Um, 
I, I rigged it so I get to be the Seahawks. Did you guys like <laughs> Knew that? It. Knew it. Um, all right. Well, do you know what I'm doing? I'm picking Derek Stingley Jr. As the draft board has fallen to me just the way I like, Derek Stingley is there. I'm tempted by Kyle Hamilton, even though we don't need a safety at all because he's just like, in my mind, the goat. But I'm taking Stingley. Stingley's just too good a prospect to be sitting here for us at, at cornerback. I mean, yeah, Cross is nice. Um, we definitely need tackles bad. Um, but we'll see. Maybe there's a spot later in this first round where we could have potentially trade back in and, and see. So we'll we'll take Stingley here. We Stingley's do need an elite talent. His health just scares the heck out of me. Yeah. All right. J E T S. Eric. 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 Yeah. So Eric, you get you get to be the Jets again. After you got selling Kyle the Jets, I turned the corner and there they were again. And I just said, ah. Damn it. Interestingly, you still got one of the top tackle prospects available for you here in Charles Cross, mm-hmm. um, we do. Which, which you thought about going tackle the first time. So that, that's interesting. You got Kyle Hamilton, the big safety uh, could be the heavy hitter that Robert Sala desires. Trent McDuffie slot cornerback uh, You could go wide receiver. This would be a good spot maybe for Garrett Wilson or a Jamison Williams. Uh, I don't there know, are lots of options. Lots of options. You lots, have lots of options of the- and lots of things that the Jets may want to do, but I feel like this is the time to address their their big DK Metcalf need, and uh, they're going to go ahead and take Garrett Wilson out of Ohio yeah, they, State. They need a wide receiver who can just produce. Like they <laughs> doesn't matter. All their wide receivers are so boring, and they did get rid of Crowder, which frees up all of the slot snaps. Um, well, Elijah Moore to but Buffalo. Yeah. Well, you have uh, think- you have a team that is in the Jets that were where they were a defensive juggernaut years ago and it served them okay, but they never did really get to finish that offense. And I feel like Salah is going to want to build this team a little differently. Yeah, and they I mean they take Zach Wilson. They gotta you gotta invest in the offense and give him a shot, right? To mm-hmm. to really to really produce Wilson and I agree, Wilson and and Elijah Moore is a cool pairing because those guys both are pretty flexible and where they can line up on the field, especially if you put them on the same side of the field. Don't forget a that, Jets legend uh Denzel Mims. Hello, anybody? Oof. I'm the yeah, owner of the yeah. Jets. I get to say it. Where he's he's turning a corner. We're gonna give him a shot in camp. We, this is nothing against Mims. We he's feel the best like shape of be, his life. Yeah, um, and everything's gonna be fine when he's in the USFL. The other right, thing here, is the, when Corey Davis doesn't get double teamed, he can actually be a decent number two receiver. So yeah. that that's another big benefit of them getting a second another receiver here. Yeah, their their three wide receiver sets would be looking pretty nice. I think with Wilson, uh, Moore, and and Corey Davis for sure. All right. Now we've got the, the commies on the board. Some psychopaths are mocking Kenny Pickett to the commies, which just cracks me up because they (laughs) just traded two second rounders for Carson. For Kenny Pickett. Oh, (laughs) I, I love, I love the, just this psychopathic nature of mock drafts. Um, A lot of people like them to take wide receivers, but Wilson and London are off the board, which maybe makes that a little trickier for them. Uh, what do you what do you what do you do here if you're the commies? What, what's what's your thinking, Kevin? Uh, this is a difficult one because I definitely would have wanted one of the top uh, wide receivers there. If one of the top wide receivers wasn't there, I definitely would have wanted one of the top corners. And I feel like this board fell really really poorly to me if I'm the Commanders. So I so what I'm doing is I'm looking at a piece that I just had to cut for cap reasons. And a piece that I know I want in a Ron Rivera defense. And I see Kyle Hamilton slid to me at 11. And I think picking him up to basically take um, Landon Collins Landon Collins spot makes a yeah. lot of sense. Agreed. I think it's a great pick. So Ke- Kevin takes Kyle Hamilton off the board for the commies. I do think if that if the slide, the big slide here is Charles Cross. Charles Cross just falling further and further down the draft board. Next up is Eric. Or wait, no, it's no, me, right? You. I'm the Minnesota Vikings. Oh, yeah. Uh, Kirk Cousins, First my thing favorite he does is a guy. Party. Uh, guard, it says major needs here. Guard, center, edge defender, cornerback. And I do uh, tend to agree. I think that this is a good spot for Trent McDuffie. Um, it's the, kind of the way I'm leaning. Do you guys, what do you guys think? Is that a is that a fair pick here? I think it's either Trent McDuffie or Jermaine Johnson. Yeah, I, um, I would go Jermaine Johnson personally. But I'm not. I don't. I'm not the G, the GM over there. I'm a lot. Of, I think a lot of mocks have picks. them taking Stingley, but I don't think Stingley gets to twelve. I, I mean, that if would he gets a, there, that's a snap keep. So J- Johnson versus McDuffie. Mm, uh, so McDuffie's one. another um, kind of <laughs> uh, undersized outside corner, which is what they already have in um, 
the kid that got out of Mississippi State a couple seasons ago. And they, so, and they have Patrick. They did resign Pat Pete, so they probably. But they maybe they feel for that. Maybe they feel more set at cornerback than than they should. And Jermaine Johnson, yeah, you know Eric and Kevin. Eric said it first, and I think Kevin, you're on it too. Jermaine Johnson might be the pick here. Let's do it. Let's do a little Jermaine Johnson at twelve for the for the Vikes. All right, Eric, you get to be the Texans. Is you know you I was the Texans last time. So last time we took Ikiakuanu. Mm-hmm. Now at thirteen, you could you could uh you got McDuffie, Karloftis. I'm probably not taking these tackles, Cross and Raymond, because you have Laramie Tunsil on your roster and Aquanu. Uh, I could go a little off the board for you, Devin Lloyd. Like, there's just you could take anything. You, the, the the world of options is open <laughs> to you, as, as I like to say. If they want to get better in the trenches, I could see Devontae Wyatt or Jordan Davis, one of the big D tackles out of uh, Georgia, being a really good fit. Mm-hmm. Jordan Davis would make a lot of sense as a guy that's kind of a PR win. Hmm. I mean, he's he is immovable. Like, <laughs> okay. I, I, there, you remember, you know how I say, like, I wish the Seahawks had a big fat guy. Like, and I don't mean that to be derogatory. Like, I really just want like a huge guy. Yeah. Jordan Davis is is that guy. He's a huge guy. He's a huge guy. Six foot three, three hundred and forty one pounds. Uh, he just can't move him. He's kind of one trick pony, but it's like he's super good at it. Yeah, it's a great he's, trick. He's he's like going to. He's going to be like a, a guy that does something from day one. So I could see that. All right. And anyway, Eric, you got a million options. What are you going to do? So this is the this is the thing. I got three names. And I think you guys are going to really enjoy the names because <clears throat> if you're the Texans, you've kind of learned from your mistakes in the past. And that's not a good thing. You've learned from your mistakes where, you know, you get booed by your crowd and your crowd doesn't like you. And you really need to pick up something on the offensive end, something that is going to make the people say, wow. And those names are Matt Coral, Kenny Pickett, and yeah, and Desmond Ritter. I think right now the Texans, (laughs) the Texans look, this is not, this is my favorite thing about mock drafts, thinking like the team. Okay. I know you're. It's like what I love about it's, this. And it's I, not. It's I want not it. like what I would want to do. Like if I manufacture the whole draft, you just kind of think, okay. So now's the time. Look at all these quarterbacks that have fallen to us, the Houston Texans. So I guess from there, what do you guys see here? I would kind of tend to go probably um, Coral, uh, just because he seems to yeah. be rocketing up uh, people's mock drafts. I I'm not sure. Yeah. I like a Kenny that Pickett w- guy. Uh, the the, like the trendy pick is Matt Corral for yeah. sure. Like there, some some guys are putting Corral so high in their drafts. Uh, uh, Jer- uh, like moving the sticks guy, Daniel Jeremiah has him yeah. in the top ten of his mocks yes. a lot now. And stuff. I would say Corral or Ritter here. Corral's the guy that uh, everyone's saying, oh, developmental guy. Um, Desmond Ritter's the one everyone's calling the most pro ready quarterback. Corral uh, would make a lot of sense, especially if they actually are serious about we want Davis Mills to start this year. It's just crazy to me, like. Yeah, they do have a new coach and and a new and everything. So like, yes, they could just be like, "We're we drafted David Mills with a second rounder last year, but we're done with him. Moving on to, to Matt Corral or bringing him in to compete." Yeah, let's, I'm into it. Matt Corral, that's what we're doing. Yeah. All right. Thirteen. Seems, Matt seems like the wisest of the unwise decisions. It's gross. <laughs> it's it's, it's psych- <laughs> very psychotic by the uh, Houston Texans, and I love it. Um, but that is something they would do. Mm-hmm. So it's me now, right? That. You, Kevin, you're the Ravens. I am the Baltimore Ravens, and so... Everyone loves them to take Jordan Davis. He is a good scheme fit. Uh, yeah, Jordan Davis is a good scheme fit for anyone who likes very large people, uh, <laughs> which last time I checked, the NFL, lots, lots of really large people in the NFL. Yeah, but Baltimore, Baltimore with all, like, they had Lodi Nagata for all those years and stuff, they love their... They love their thick slabs of meat, big meaty men slapping meat. They love that. <laughs> uh, yeah, the new Tony Saragusa. Um, the other thing would be like, do they want a piece on offense? I feel like they got Bateman last year. He got injured. And so I feel like they're going to give their wide receivers another year of run to see if they can handle it. They could use some help at linebacker, but I think you can get that in the second or third round. Um, they're very good at developing like middle round offensive linemen too. So like, I don't know if like, like cross. Yeah. You could the justify thing I'm it. Looking but... at about crosses. I think they, uh, the, the two things going on offensive tackle is that, um, Ronnie Stanley keeps getting injured and Morgan mm-hmm. Moses is an older gentleman. 
Now, the only problem with that is I don't think you can really move Morgan Moses inside to guard, and they're kind of in a win-now mode. So as much as I would like to take Charles Cross for building for the future, um, they're probably a team that sees themselves getting in the playoffs. It's the same thing with Marcus Peters and Marlon Humphrey both got injured. It's not that they weren't good. So mm-hmm. I think they either want a pass rusher, which Jermaine Johnson's off the board, to be George Karloftis here, who I don't think is a great scheme fit. I think you're right. I think I'm going Jordan Davis, the big fatty fat fat in the middle. It's just he's just big meaty man slapping me, dude. He's great. I love I love Jordan Davis. A great pick. Um, okay, at this point, fifteen cross continues to slide as a Seahawks. Now we're we're gonna put on our Seahawks hats for a second. Are we starting to to make calls here to try to trade up and get cross, or or do you think that we're, we're standing pat? We're we're, we're good. I, I think, think I think I they probably him at nine. So <laughs> I think they tr- probably traded down at this point, just because I don't I don't see the Seahawks staying at nine. So yeah. I I think that they may end up here, but not because they traded up, unless it's a weird Seahawks traded to the twenty first overall pick and then traded up because that's they like doing silly stuff like that. Yeah, I could I could see us if if especially this does seem like a very realistic drop for Cross, like to fifteen and at sixteen. I mean I don't think Cross gets as any chance of getting past the Saints at sixteen. No. So if we if we let him slide one more pick, this is the point. Do I still Where think the, the Saints are trading up? That's true. The Saints could be trading up. That that is something that could happen. All right. Let, so I'm a I'm the Eagles though. I take I field the calls. I probably would be looking to trade down. If I'm not trading down, it's Devin Lloyd. This is a great spot for him. It's it's something they really need. He's a great all around linebacker. He's super. I think his PFF grades were like really good in every category. So he just the. The Eagles just need to get better on defense. Um, uh, can I give you an alternative? Sure. Um, I think McDuffie. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, I could see it. And the reason why I would say McDuffie over Lloyd is because uh, the Eagles don't draft linebackers. Oh, that's, that's true. Really good maybe point. maybe they're tra- maybe okay. But I'm gonna I'm gonna say they're gonna learn. And also, from their, their right cornerback is Zetch McPherson. They're they're gonna learn from their mistakes and they're gonna draft a linebacker for once. Uh, all right, I already I already clicked it, so now I can't. You can't go back. Can't go back. I already Devin Lloyd is in the books. He's uh, McDuffie and Lloyd are their top two guys. 135 mocks picked Lloyd. 103 pick McDuffie. 91 pick Karloftis. So you know a lot of options. They'll probably get two of those guys at 15 and 18. It's very likely. Uh, all right, 16. Uh, uh, Saints. We go very quickly here. It's Charles Cross, like you said. I don't see them. Yep. You know, waiting around for this, and you know, it's the Saints. We don't need to spend forever on the Saints. Who's their coach no. now? I don't even know. It's it's um it's it's a it's like a group of substitute teachers <laughs> that are holding it down the fort for two years while the Saints <laughs> reload for uh for their real coach to come back into one or two years. Yeah, it's uh with Dennis Allen, um, their uh, former defensive coordinator. It's straight up though, like <laughs> it, it's Sean Payton's coming back into one to two years, and they're just they're he just holding doesn't want down to lose out any of his career winning percentage. Right. He's like, he's like, you know what? Instead of going eight and eight for two years, like I did last time, the team had kind of a down period. I'm just going to go home. <laughs> okay. Uh, we, we're at, we're at a San Diego super chargers now. Uh, I think it's Kevin on the clock, correct? Yep. Um, so Kevin chargers, a lot of people like them to take uh, a tackle prospect here. Um, some people like him taking a wide receiver, which I think would be weird because they did resign Mike Williams. They could uh, use a right tackle. Uh, cornerback and receiver are really popular right now, but their cornerback situation is um, interesting to me because they drafted uh, Asante Samuel Jr. high last year. Uh, Michael Davis has been good, and they signed J.C. Jackson to a big money deal. Um, they did a really good job of setting themselves up to not have any big needs outside of, uh, like, on the defensive side of the ball. Um, so their biggest need is to not start Storm Norton. Because that is the right tackle. Good name. Oh, okay. Um, So I'm gonna say that they need an offensive tackle. Now, Penning or Raymond, Kevin? Which one? Most people like Penning in their mocks. Are you gonna go Penning here? Are you gonna Raymond? I think Raymond's a better player, but I think for what they're doing, they're gonna take Penning. All right. So Trevor Penning coming over to protect Justin Herbert. All right. Um, I'm Eagles again. This is cool. McDuffie fell to me, which is kind of who I was split with last time. So I'm just going to click very quickly to Trent McDuffie. Call it a day. Oh, wow. Back to back to Eric. Now that I do think the Eagles need to hammer defense 
Um, Their offense scored points last year, but their defense couldn't stop anyone. So back to Eric is the, as the Eagles, you got the, the great, you know, Charles Cross, the uh, Saints. 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 Sorry. As the Saints. I'm sorry. Who was your Chargers pick? Trevor Penning. That's what I thought. A tackle out of Northern Iowa. I wrote, I wrote T as I was reading something. (laughs) Karloftis has fallen pretty far here. Um, from Seahawks need an edge defender perspective. Is this a, is this a spot where maybe we, we could see them uh, kind of calling them up and going, hello, saints. Do you guys want to recoup some of the draft capital you inexplicably gave up? So what's really <laughs> funny about this is I really do think that the, the Seahawks are going to, or I'm sorry, the saints are going to probably trade out of this spot. I just don't, there hasn't been any, any activity with trades. So we're kind of looking at like, you it's know. that that trade was so weird. The 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 Saints picking up the second first round pick from the Eagles. It's a great trade for the Eagles to diversify their assets. But yeah, I don't. Uh, the only way it makes sense for the Saints is they planned on trading up. Yeah, I guess they could. They, all the like we have two quarterbacks at the board here. Maybe they really like one of these quarterbacks in the middle of the first round, and that's part of the plan. Do you think that could be it, Eric? So if I'm not go- if we're not going to do a trade here, and I'm always weird to do uh, mock trades because it really shakes up the entire board and yeah. not, not in a necessarily good way. Uh, I don't see Pickett here and we obviously, uh, you know, Walker and uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Corral are off the are board. Gone. I think this is probably where they take, um, geez, who's the other guy? I just, I just closed my thing. Yeah. No, not Pickett, the other one. Uh, Ritter. How? Ritter. Ritter. All right. I, I could see them taking any of those three guys here, to be honest with you. It just you. seems like, I don't know why I'm not in on Pickett. It's just not my. <laughs> you hate the small hands. I, I just, I he just watched a little bit of film, you know, gearing up for just getting ready for the draft. And was like this, I don't really like this guy. I mean, we kind of, we kind of have to watch quarterback film now because we have Drew Locke at quarterback. No, it's, uh, part of, it's part of the job <laughs> now. True. Uh, yeah, I, I have the Saints taking Desmond Ritter. All right. Desmond Ritter off the board at 19 at 20. Uh, coming back to Kevin, uh, Kevin, the the Saint, the Steelers also may covet quarterback. They need help along the offensive line. Who you, who you like for this? Steelers, I think that if Willis is here, obviously they're running to the podium. They've made it very obvious they covet him quite a bit. Yeah, I think the two quarterbacks they're most likely to covet would be uh, Willis and Pickett. So with Pickett on the board, that's one that I have to give consideration to. Um, Tyler Linderbaum could make sense because that would allow them to move uh, – green their pick from last year to guard which might be his more natural position um they definitely need a lot of help along the offensive line the only thing is everyone except for pittsburgh seems to think pittsburgh needs a lot of help on the offensive line but pittsburgh doesn't seem to think pittsburgh needs a lot of help on the offensive line which is a little bit confusing they do know best even if they don't and then for wide receiver they're able to pick up a lot of value late so i'm narrowing myself in here uh to george karloftis to provide more pass rush he's a um a perfect fit for a 4-3 base end i uh, mm-hmm. i'm looking at uh tyler linderbaum to help fix their uh interior offensive line or Devonte wyatt because they are always stacked on interior defensive line yeah, and uh, really they let people too. age out and pick a guy like that you uh you aren't you aren't thinking pick it though you aren't uh, I said, uh, yeah, and Pickett. other than yeah. Pickett. Okay. Uh, I was gonna say, does anyone have a strong opinion? I think that they would pick Pickett in this particular situation, but if not, then I would be looking at if you're like, no, these quarterbacks are bad and they they really can't be four in the first round, which is possible. I feel like everyone's just talking themselves into these quarterbacks. Yes. Um, I like, I like the idea of Wyatt quite a bit. Um, I like the idea of Linderbaum. I think Raymond would be on the table as well, just because they do need help at tackle. I think I'm going to um, go with Devontae Wyatt here, and it's partially because um, I feel like too many quarterbacks have gone already, and we have more than the number of quarterbacks that will have gone. I think it will be close. It's two or three, right, in the first yeah. round this year? But I think it's going to be people it... jumping back into the end of the round to pick up that uh, extra quarterback. Very so possible. I'm going to take Devonte Wyatt here. All right. Well, I'm the Patriots, and this is the most Patriots thing that's ever happened. Karloftis just keeps falling. He's such a Patriots 
guy, yeah. just like a versatile defensive lineman who never misses a game. It's so boring. I'm just going to pick him. It's so Patriots. It's just like the perfect thing happened. So, yeah. All right. Coming at 22, the pack Packers. Uh, this Packers. Is, this is such a – the Packers are overjoyed right now. Yeah, the wide receiver options are good right yes. here. All these wide receivers, they won't take. And well, they come don't, on, they have to. T- if this is what happens. They have, they have to, to take, take a wide receiver. Oh my gosh, they you got to keep your you got to keep your franchise happy. I mean, you... yeah, that's definitely what they've done in the past. <laughs> well, I mean, so to, so, to... so we're drafting Sam Howell. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I mean, uh, you know, they you don't need to keep him happy because he's just going to come back anyway. So yeah. where else is he going to go at this point? Yeah, I just went ahead and penciled in uh, Jamison Williams, and I'm going to ink that mm-hmm. in because right. it's a very I like it. It's a very decent choice for the Packers. The only thing Here's you know about Jamison Williams and about Packers wide receivers is they don't draft wide receivers that are under 195 pounds. Mm. It's a so weird thing my, that they do. Here's my Jamison Williams thing. Uh, if he doesn't tear his ACL in the title game, he is the number one receiver off the board this year. People are That's a little just afraid a of the injury. People are a little afraid of the injury, and I uh, I understand why. But he should, if he's available at 22, I think Eric's right. They run to the podium and they say, "Give us the the, the best guy." Because I wonder uh, if it'd be Traylon Burks instead. Because I was going to ask how you felt they, about Traylon Burks. Value. Uh, I don't like him nearly as much. I think Jamison Williams would be the smart pick here. I'm just saying what I think they would do. <laughs> they like their big. They do like the big boys. All right, we're gonna uh, pick Jamison Williams. Williams. So. All right. The uh, speaking of Jamison Williams, the Cardinals are on the clock, and they really do need a number two wide receiver. They also really need a center. They also really need a guard. They also really would have loved Wyatt here. I think if uh, if that happened, but of course Kevin sniped Wyatt from them earlier. Now Kevin. You're back, right? This is you. Yep, this is me. Uh, so who who are you looking at here for uh, for Arizona? And from a Seahawks perspective, is there is there well trading in division? Probably not, right? Yeah, I don't think that they'll trade with us, but I would trade here if we could. I think as much as Tyrell Linderbaum would fill the center need that they have, I don't think he's the player that they want. I actually think they're going to go with uh, either uh, the corner Andrew Booth out of Clemson who I think is a really good scheme fit, a really versatile, uh, like, mm-hmm. uh, high-floor corner. Um, or I like Zion Johnson, the guard out of Boston College, as a fit. He's got a nice. lot of attitude. Um, he could play so all across the interior offensive line. I'm going Zion Johnson here. I think that's the player they want. Yeah, he's a, he's a mauler. He's good. All right, Zion Johnson off the board at 23. Puts the uh, – the, how about them Cowboys – Huh? Hmm. How about hmm. them Cowboys? I I really don't know. A lot of people have the so the the popular mock pick is is Kenyon Green or Tyler Linderbaum. I I think those are those are fine. I, I think, think Tyler Biotish was really good last year for them, though. I don't think they take a center. Yeah, I think they'd take Bernard Raymond here if they're going to take an offensive lineman because they need a right tackle. Yeah, Raymond is is not bad. I let people have them taking Penning and Raymond. I don't know. I'm going to... This is hard. You're not a Kenyon Green fan, Kevin? Uh, I think that Kenyon Green is a really solid guard who will come in and be just fine. I think think it's Mike McCarthy, so that's who we're taking. (laughs) (laughs) Here's the thing. I have a feeling they really zoned in on like a guy like... I could see them totally zoning in on a guy like Zion Johnson, and then when he's not available, panicking and being like, all right, well, Kenyon Green now. Like the same way that, that, that uh, the, the old Travis Etienne. <laughs> yeah. The old like guy, the guy in the position we wanted. Well, here's a guy who's 90% as good. So, okay, we'll just get him. Yeah. Uh, Cause if Biotish wasn't good at center, I think they would take Linderbaum here, but Biotish is really good at center. And so, it, and like, there's no point in rostering two good centers. All right. Buffalo bills on the clock. No really huge needs. This is like when I felt, I felt really tough. This is a tough pick. Cause you can really take, anything you want here they don't there's no i'm sorry what's your, what's your name for the cowboys uh, uh kenyon green. green okay the guard out of texas a&m that makes sense so now we we are at we're at uh we're at buffalo bills here um with no no huge needs you know you could take i think like the chris olave is, is tempting right just keep enhancing your pass game uh if you're a buffalo bills fan probably salivating at that thought you could uh, take like Ojabo 
could take like Ojabo and just like, oh yeah, you can get Andrew Booth, just shore up more. Or Kyrie Elam. I think either of those would be good picks. Yeah. Could... There's so many pieces. I f- the other feel... one would be uh, Jones, the defensive tackle out of... Uh, um... Yeah, Trap. Travis Jones. Yeah, Travis Jones, even tackle from UConn would be another one that would make a lot of sense there. Big guy. What about It's it's tough cuz there's no like I feel go- like you're probably taking best available player here and that there's a couple like you can kind of you kind of flip a coin. Um what if they went receiver here? Short I think up that, that there's a chance core. they do. Yeah, like, I mean it's I have Traylon Burks but it could be like Chris Olave. Uh I I thought they may go safety here but I don't thinking more on that i don't really like that choice uh the thing about wide receiver i would say when i'm looking at the players Traylon burks is the one who offers a different skill set than what they have already Mm -hmm. because i feel like chris olave is like if stefan diggs wasn't as good yeah he's he's a tech he's kind of a technician like diggs but yeah a little less athletic yeah and then sky Moore is a very similar package like he's a less polished version of gabriel davis um, I don't, I don't, I don't get this guy. I don't get this. I don't totally get this guy more hype, uh, but I need to watch more. So, uh, yeah, we're going to, uh, I'll um, go, uh, Bur- Traylon Burks. I like it's it. Just I like be, it, a lot. it seems like a, a slam dunk pick if nothing else. Okay. Now Raymond is falling so far. 26. I mean, we, I could totally see the Seahawks coming up right here and picking the tackle, right? I would gladly we, do that. Yeah. Uh, Linderbaum too. You come up and get the center. Either one would totally work for me. A hundred percent. So the, the, I, I think the this has been in, informative in that way. It, it kind of accomplished what I wanted to accomplish, which is that I'm seeing now that there's a shot that one of these tackles, uh, Raymond or Penning, falls kind of into the end of the first round where the Seahawks might be able to, you know, package up a second with a fourth to to get to get back in here and, and make the pick. And I, I would totally dig that. All right, but uh, we're not trading. So Titans. Uh, Linderbaum, did you just run the pick? To, run the pick up to the up to the booth here, Kevin. Uh, yeah. Did they lose Ben? Uh, was it Ben Jones, their center? Uh, I, I think even if they didn't, uh, you you probably still oh, want to do it. But um, no, they did not. I think they got him back. Okay. Yeah, I still think. Um, yeah, because Dylan Redens uh, is looking like a pretty solid right tackle. Like he like he looks like he can develop into that position. So I don't think I take Raymond there. Uh, it's either Tyler Linderbaum or do you take Chris Olave? Because you could take Olave, yeah, put him across from AJ Green. I think that would work. Yeah, I good. think, and there are very different skill sets that are complementary for each other. I think if I'm the Titans, I'm taking Chris Olave here because I need a wide receiver I can rely on. All right, well then that makes my pick really easy. The, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers select Tyler Linderbaum. God, that would just uh, be a straight <laughs> punch in the nuts if he fell that far. <laughs> It's too easy, dude. It's like it's so because they lost their center. Yeah, okay, whatever. All right, Linderbaum to the to the to the Bucks. Uh, all right, twenty eight Packers. Packers back on the board. Um, were you the Packers last time too, Eric? Yeah, that's yeah, why right, nice. I've graduated from the Jets to the Packers. So it's much better, good. actually. Uh, you know? We just put Eric as a chief engineer for green. We, we actually. We bought we, we bought Eric a share of the Packers, so he actually is a Packers owner now. The Packers shareholder, Eric Ronnebeck. What Guys, would you like? I, I don't know if you know this, but uh, the town owns the team. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> so, which quarterback are you taking here? Um, no. <laughs> please don't. Please don't. Uh, it's got to be Bernard Raymond, doesn't it? I uh, yeah. Elton Jenkins sense. can slide anywhere yeah. on the interior. It's. I feel like you have to go defense at this point. Um, uh, I'm sorry. I'm Ooh. sorry. It's it's either defensive or Raymond. Ah, this is really tough. This is where their like, defense was so good last year, and I don't feel like they lost anyone, did they? No, but uh, I I don't. I mean, they lost their injured uh, pass rusher. <laughs> yeah, we're not getting. Well, I, yeah, I was gonna say the only the best pass rusher available here is what Ojabo, and he's like out for the season probably. Yeah, that's a futures pick, which they are definitely not in a futures position. Uh, give me, give me your, uh, give me your two skin census names and I'm going to pick one. Uh, I think they would probably either pick Raymond or if they went defense for some reason, we're picking what Petre Booth, it's... Kevin Booth. Uh, I don't know. Nicobe Dean. Cause they need Nicole... linebacker. Would be a big yeah, Dean. Dean actually wouldn't be bad. Nicobe Dean would be good. The linebacker from Georgia. He's, he's got crazy range. Um, 
Yeah, okay, let's They like Eric that. Stokes and they like and they just re-signed Rizul Douglas and they have Jair Alexander. Yeah, they're not picking a cornerback. You're right. Okay, I'm gonna so go to Kobe Dean. I'm gonna go. I, okay. I, I, I just switched. We, right. we we spent our max time to get to the podium and we were drafting the Kobe Dean. So we got two picks in a row here for the to Chiefs. Kevin, you get the first one, I'll get the second one. Okay. Um, I think Booth's pretty pretty slam dunk here, right? Uh I think that uh they're going to pick a player because they look around the division, they go, we can, we can compete this year, but like everyone kind of geared up on us. So I think they're going to pick David Ojabo. Oh, because okay. he's just going to be out for a year and then he'll be uh, a plus pass rusher waiting in the wings next year. So okay. with back-to-back picks in the first round, I think taking Ojabo for a red shirt year and then um, take a booth. corner. Yeah. Yeah, they need they need secondary help bad. I actually, if you went booth, I was gonna go. I was gonna double down on secondary and take Kyrie Elam, or or or, uh, or, or like a safety. Take yeah. like um, Lewisine would Daxton be a really Hill. good fit for them. Daxton Hill would be a really good fit for them. Yeah, because like, but the, they need a pass rusher, and I'm taking Ojabo. You need to try. To, what you need to do is who's who's their safety that really sucks. What's his name? Um, uh. <laughs> yeah, uh, Daniel Sorensen. Sorensen uh, you need to get Daniel Sorensen off of the field. So, like, we need secondary players to get him off the field. However, by hook or by crook, so we got to get So it's like what I said about guy. Storm Norton. The most important draft pick that the Chargers can do is the one that makes it so they aren't starting Storm Norton. The most important <laughs> draft pick that Kansas City can make is the draft pick that pushes uh, that pushes Daniel Sorensen off the field. Yeah, all right, 31. Uh, we're picking Eric. You're up. Bengals. Bengals need defense. Uh, Bengals need... Because yeah, any more. you could pick kind of any defensive player or any you could just keep drafting off. You could yeah, keep going interior for offensive, offensive line. I think the offensive line is sitting there. I just said defense, and I'm like, but we still have we still have some offensive line players on the board that have really slipped. Yeah, Raymond is the, Raymond continues to fall. Yeah, though they just signed our, Lyle Collins, so they have their tackles yeah, kind of fixed. They, can Ray, I was going to ask you, Kevin? Can Raymond play guard? I don't think so because he's because otherwise from tight end. We took the three guys off the board that were like most likely to they 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 want the most. They want Zion Johnson, Kenyon Green, Tyler Linderbaum. Like those yeah. their that's their first three choices. I could see them going corner here with Elam sitting on the board. I think that would be like a really Eli Apple in shambles. Yeah, he should be. <laughs> He's so bad. <laughs> Poor He's Eli really Apple. good at beating up the other team's player. You take Kyrie Elam for oh. a man corner or I think it's either honestly, I think it's either Elam or Raymond. Yeah, I think I think you're right, but I don't think they have a. I don't think they have a tackle to. Wait, they have Leatherwood, right? No, they have uh, no. They have Jonah. They have uh, um, uh, gosh, I keep wanting Jonah Williams. Yeah, Jonah. They have Jonah Williams, who uh, they drafted two years ago, and they are all in on being their left tackle. And they just gave Lyle Collins a big deal to play right tackle. Lyle Collins, yeah, they're gonna. That's a tackle too. Uh, All right, I guess. Really, they're basically trying to sign a left guard to compete with uh, or draft a left guard to compete with uh, Jackson Carmen. What an like, embarrassment of riches. That's crazy. Compete, compete with Jackson Carmen. That's okay. We need a corner. Yeah. I think Elam's the guy here. Okay. Yep. Let's go with it. All right. All right. And then now last up, we've got Detroit back on the clock. Okay. Kevin, what do you need? Now do you pick a tackle? They picked uh, <laughs> Trayvon Walker. Um, No, I mm-hmm. don't think that they can pick a tackle. They've got, two young tackles like if they pick bernard raymond here he's sitting behind taylor decker for a year but taylor decker's like he was a 2016 draft pick he's not old this does seem like a spot where you could pick a developmental quarter quarterback as well is um who's left we got Howell and pickett it does kenny pickett um but i don't think you can't take pickett as a developmental guy he's like 37 years old he's not developing any you're not looking for Kenny Pickett to develop. He's he's like your win now guy. Maybe so, it helps develop Jared Goff. I don't think any of the quarterbacks in this class are a win now guy. Got him. I mean, <laughs> you, you're right. Like, Bailey Zappi. Bailey uh, Zappi's the win now guy. That's exactly it. Um, so I'm looking at for safety. They've got uh, Will Harris and Tracy Walker. Ooh, I could sweet. see Lewis Seen or Daxton Hill being a good pick here. I think I'm taking Lewis Seen. Okay, if we're the Seahawks, I mean, we are pounding Detroit's door down, being like, hey, you want to trade back like 10 picks so we can get Raymond? Yeah, we'll trade <laughs> you 40 and like, 
don't know. We could trade like fourth. next year's third, or we could trade one nine. Yeah. All right. So yeah, Lucine. There we go. All right. So right. that were great. They're grading our drafts. I don't even understand how this gets graded. I'm gonna post the picture in the Discord, of course, uh, for people who are who are listening, and now you can you can kind of watch a watch along with what we did um but i do think it was informative there's a chance that tackles fall and that's something i didn't really think about before so we i could definitely see the seahawks coming back in with a with an extra you know with with the early second and an extra pick trying to say hey um let us get let us get one of these tackles Um, especially if go ahead i'm sorry uh, especially if as the couple quarterbacks go uh in the first round which it does seem like there's smoke there now. There's there seems to be trending in that direction. Well, and we didn't take too many reaches on our end for other teams, so I think that's fair to say that there's going to be reaches we don't see. You know, someone jumping up to grab a linebacker. Um, all four quarterbacks that we were questioning being taken in the top fifteen. Um, uh, you know, I, that I happens could totally, every it, year. It could totally happen too, and it's like the thing is, I could. I see equal chances of four quarterbacks being taken in the first round and zero quarterbacks being taken. Or in the first one, round. yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. so we didn't have Pickett at all, and Pickett could go like in the top three, and that's kind of insane. But yeah, it's, oh my it's, God, it would be so. I wouldn't even I'd say so it's good. possible. I'd say it's put, maybe likely. Put put that franchise on suicide. <laughs> all their fans on suicide watch. I think the <laughs> other thing is we can all agree the last twelve picks of the first round and the first like 15, 20 picks of the second round they're not like they're kind of interchangeable. Like there's a few position groups where that's less true, but you know, uh, Nicobe Dean or uh, David Ojabo or Lewis scene. Like, is there a huge difference between them and Daxton Hill and Leo Schnall? And, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's one of those things where there's some interchangeability. And if someone falls in love with the position group and they end up taking someone, that's how you do end up with a tackle falling or interior offensive line falling. it's uh look what the raiders did um a few years ago kevin or a couple years ago who did they take um gosh which time did the the defensive lineman farrell yeah that's the one that's the guy uh, yeah because he's such a leader yeah we were so i was doing a great job of leading them from like uh the bench and (laughs) now and now just up in the stands of the stadium well it's a new stadium so he did pretty good there but yeah i was i remember being uh kind of high on Cleveland Farrell and I don't know if they're just misusing him or if that was just a bad pick, but he did go too soon. I thought so. Oh, that's wait, wait, gonna happen. yeah, it's going to happen. Yeah, he went, he, it's cause it's cause the only game that, 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 that GM coach Watch combo was watched the was the national championship. championship. <laughs> okay. There are many ways to support the Seahawks Nest podcast. The best way to do so head over to patreon.com slash Seahawks Nest only 12s.com punt hub.us for as little as a dollar 24 a month. Join the Discord. Get in the conversation. Um, we'll probably starting up some uh, fantasy football stuff towards the end of the summer, and of course during the regular season, we got our gambling podcast that is so goofy and fun. Thank you to Andy, Brett, do it all for the Tucci, Evan, Floctimus, Greta, James, Jose, Lucas, Ryan, Timothy, Tom, Emmanuel, Astro, Blake, Bob, Casey, Daniel, David, Foles, Jay, Leon, Michael, Michelle, Mike, Mike. Richard, Thomas, Warwolf, Brandon, Nick, everyone else supports the show. Uh, We appreciate you. All right. uh, Movie this week, The Batman. We've all seen it now. We've all seen The Batman. Now Um, we go from out of Eric's wheelhouse to as in Eric's wheelhouse as possible. This is true. Although, uh, (laughs) you know, you put me as the Jets GM. I really really felt like I did a stellar job for them. Uh, Let us know in the Discord how we did on the Jets. Uh, Yeah, I really want to know what you guys thought, especially Kevin, because I don't don't know Kevin's response yet. Kevin, what did you think of the Batmans? Uh, I thought that the Batmans was one of the better superhero movies that I've seen. Um, I loved the way that this was Detective Batman. And less like superhero-y Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, that the was most a really grounded, cool change. I, I would agree, Kevin. The most grounded superhero movie of all time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, the other thing is that Paul Dano as the Riddler, uh, in general, I feel like this cast was extremely good. Paul Dano as the Riddler was amazing. Uh, he plays an excellent nut job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was. I loved how he was just doing it all for the likes too on, on <laughs> yeah Instagram on his incel uh uh like uh internets 
Yeah. The other thing yeah. I think is kind of cool is they set Robert Pattinson up so that uh, I don't know how much of a Batman story arc or character growth arc we're going to get, but I feel like we're setting up for a really interesting Bruce Wayne character growth arc that is kind of cool because he was very like emo-y and um, I guess singularly focused on his one path to help move the city forward. And the movie, slowly as it went on, opened his eyes towards the fact that he needs to reconsider his pretenses. I'm really curious to see over what's probably going to be two or three more movies, uh, how Bruce Wayne changes as a character. Yeah. One thing I liked about this is that it didn't. So a lot of these movies that I would say are the better superhero movies to me, um, they're like genre blending right mm-hmm. uh so so like thor ragnarok is a buddy cop, cop comedy with a superhero movie or um winter soldier is a spy movie with a superhero movie guardians this of the movie galaxy is a buddy road trip movie this movie <laughs> isn't even like a like a blank with blank this is just a straight up thriller movie it's a police like procedural this- uh thriller yeah this is a this is just a straight thriller that happens to have batman as the primary protagonist and it's dope like I like that. I thought that was a cool way to go about it. One thing for me, this is a 180 minute movie that has zero jokes and I still liked it, which is, (laughs) which is so hard for me to, to, to justify. Like I can, I cannot tell you, like I need some moments of levity and like the most jokey thing that happens in this movie is when um, he puts the thumb on the computer and he says thumb drive. That's like the that's <laughs> yes. the most there joke, are a that's few the most really begrudging funny moments in this movie. That's the most jokey thing that happens, and it's not even really a joke. Yeah, it's he looks like, he kind of looks like with disdain, like he's making a joke. Thumb drive, and it's like it's really sick, and you're like, ha, yeah, that's he was basically was missing like, an ugh at the front end. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That um, then when he says you got a lot of cats, those those are the two moments. Maybe there's a third I'm missing, <laughs> but it's like not. There, I mean, we talked about, I talked about this with Nathan, like in the Dark Knight, as much as I love that, and that's a masterpiece. For no reasons, there's these kids like shooting cars parked in the middle of the night, like in a parking lot, just so Batman can, you know, drive by and make the kids go, wow. Uh, none of that in this movie. Yeah, it's, it's like, that's, it's really grounded. Batman feels like a real person. Everyone in this movie feels like a, they could be a real person. It's not like super weirdly. Um, even, you know, even like the, like the little stuff, like in the other Batman movie, you know, you just had like, uh, in, in the, the Nolan Batmans, you'd have him like Batman could just make up technology to, to solve whatever problem he needed. This is true. Yeah. Um, in this movie, it's like, no, he's just going to wear a wingsuit and do some base jumping, you know, it's like, and almost <laughs> die. Yeah. This is very, it's very grounded version of, of Batman, which I, I kind of appreciated and it's. Bruce is just gross and 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 like grimy and an antisocial, which is has a really huge, terrible eye makeup that he doesn't fully is, wash off. Which is a huge turn from from what we see from from Nolan's Batman, where Batman's public face is very uh, upbeat. I guess I don't know. Yeah, they wanted to it. really show the duality there. As far as the eye makeup goes, it's funny in Batman Returns. You know, there's this thing that now I've I noticed when I was a kid when I saw it, but. Basically, there's a scene where he, you know, he rips off his mask and right before he does it, you see that he doesn't have eye makeup because they wanted to show the actor that he doesn't wear that. Um, But that's really the only way you can kind of make the eyes flush with the costume in the script for Batman Begins. Do you remember when uh, at the end of the movie where he goes up to his, you know, he brings Rachel um, back to the Batcave? Rachel! And he uh, he goes upstairs and there's like Are you talking a, about after the psychotropic hallucinogen. Yeah. <laughs> okay, just can do think, Jackson. Uh, it's when he's, you know, he goes for his birthday party. Like he comes yeah. straight from the Batcave. So in the script, he literally is putting on a suit like Alfred's like, take this, put this on quick, quick, quick. He does that. And then he, Alfred grabs him right before he goes out. And he's like, you got to get your eye makeup off. Like that's in the in the Batman Begins script that didn't make it to the movie. But so that all these years there's been this makeup and I'm glad that the Batman actually brought the eye makeup in because it was, uh, I don't know, it was like, ah, finally addressing how your your mask looks so perfect on your face. Also, Nathan, I'm you, disappointed in you. What? Uh, we're this far into the review and you haven't mentioned the thing that you probably are most happy about. Yes. What did they not do? 
I, I don't know. What. They Nathan didn't the kill Batman's thing. parents. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I really could. There, there is no story. Batman's parents what, death scene. What happened? What happened with Batman's parents? So I don't understand. Oh, anyway. They uh, left him. <laughs> they left him. They, the, they, they the, moved to a farm upstate. That's right. The, <laughs> one thing I think that it's interesting, too, is that they approached the, the duality of Batman differently, where most movies, they present like the dual nature, and it's all about Bruce hiding that he's Batman. That's the duality right like these are two completely different people and this one it's like where does batman begin and bruce wayne end you know what i mean that's like the the duality it's it's i think like i think they kind of nailed it but but they changed it in a totally different way like there's not he's not trying to balance being batman and being bruce wayne and he being happy in one life and and vengeance in the other it's just like this is like like how extreme he he gave himself over to being batman yeah, he's just like he is Batman, and like, is there even any Bruce Lane, Bruce Wayne left? That's like a legitimate question in this movie, and I think I don't know. That's kind of cool. I I did read a funny review. It said the movie version of Men will literally do X instead of going to therapy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what did you guys think? If you have, did you guys watch the deleted scene that Matt Reeves posted on uh, online? I, I did. Uh, I did. Kevin. Oh, okay. Uh, what do you think about that, Nathan? Okay, I think it would have detracted from the movie, served as kind of a distraction, mm-hmm. um, unnecessary. I think the way they presented it is fine, like the, the presenting it as like a like a deleted scene or something for fans uh, on the internet is a is a cool way to go about it. Um, so that and the movie was already super long; it didn't need it. I, I like it too. I like it how you can put this in the universe, almost like it's a. I feel like you know they're gonna make a a a penguin. TV show for HBO Max, um, like a Penguin miniseries. And by I the feel, way, can we talk about that? Colin Farrell's makeup job was incredible. It's gonna win an Oscar. It's gonna get nominated for an Oscar. I, if I, it better. I couldn't. I didn't even know he. Uh, when I didn't realize that was spot, Colin Farrell. I, I forgot. I was like, I know he's in this movie, and I was like, who is he in this movie? And at the end, it was like the Penguin, and I was like, what? Who's the <laughs> <Right>? Penguin? <laughs> My friend that I saw the yeah. movie with, he he didn't really go into it. He didn't see a lot of previews. He doesn't you know watch a lot of movies. And during the credits, he we were he's like, yeah, it was really good. That was really good. He goes, who is Colin Farrell? And I said, that was the Penguin. And he was he just exclaimed in a uh, a very loud profanity, like he was shocked. He had no idea. He's like, wow. Like, yes. I'm a. Uh, he's like, wow. I feel way. I I feel guilty now. I thought they just CGI'd injured t- uh, James Gandolfini into the movie. Oh. And <laughs> <laughs> my friend, my friend Lee said he he just said uh, during the movie he was like, "Wow, I don't know who this character actor is, but he's doing he's whoever it is is doing another great job." And it's <laughs> turned out to be Colin this, Farrell. I think it was. It's it's actually a really bold move to make a a Batman that's this like kind of grounded and emo. Uh, it's like. It's it's kind of bold because I think people come to superhero movies for like escapism sometimes, and this movie is not. You're not escaping anything. Like no. it's just it's grim and it's dark and it's it's um it's emo Batman to the max. And uh, yeah, Catwoman's great. I thought Zoe Kravitz did an awesome job. Yes, uh, I wanted to throw that in there. Jeffrey the cast in general. Uh, Jeffrey Rush is uh, not Commissioner Gordon, just regular Gordon. Was uh, as I'm going to call him was awesome. Yeah, Jeffrey Wright looks like the coppest cop that ever. Caught. Sorry, Jeffrey Wright. Jeffrey Wright. John Turturro was really good. Yeah, John Turturro was was like <laughs> goaded in this movie. He's getting even so know. much better as he gets older. His acting is just his roles that he takes. I'm like really and happy. Peter, Peter Sarsgaard too, as the like um, <laughs> yes. the district the dopey as district the attorney. District attorney. <laughs> yeah, I kind of like I kind of liked that. I thought that was like a fun. They got a better actor for this than they really needed to moment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for the Dark so, Knight, they went with Maggie Gyllenhaal. For the Batman, they went with their husband. So I think they made a wise choice there. The Bat, the Batman, the Batman. Uh, he did have a Batman voice, which I, which I, which I liked. Um, but it was, uh, it was subtle enough. It was, it was more like Keaton's best Batman voice, because Keaton yeah. didn't always keep his Batman voice. Yeah, and I think Batman, like you said, Kevin, it does set up Batman's going to have a real character arc over the course of these movies that um, he maybe would not have in um, that in you know in the in the other movies. The Batman just seems like he's the same the whole time. Right? The other like, thing is, it's funny. Batman Begins had a had a kind of an arc, but then like it's just now he's Batman. Batman. Yeah. yeah, the Batman Begins. The arc was in Batman Begins. He becomes Batman. 
then for two more movies he was batman and that's fine like that's that, that that was perfectly acceptable those movies are still great this is no slight on those movies i like that this movie didn't want to do those movies it wanted to do its own movie and it's funny because the big knock on the original dceu was that uh they were too gritty this is the grittiest shit ever man like yep. this is this is an incredibly <laughs> gritty batman movie and but it's, it's dark but it's just extremely well done it promises something and it delivers what it promises 100 percent. it's not gritty in the same way the snyderverse is and i don't want to get an argument with snyderverse people so i'll keep this uh, pretty tight but like snyderverse seems like it's just trying to be edgy yes for for edginess for edginess's sake the snyderverse is beautifully shot how's that yeah it looks good i'm good good for the snyderverse i'm very happy for you all um (laughs) That's that's it. All right, I'm we could probably start. Gush- we could probably keep gushing for like a half hour, but I think we've probably gotten it out. I feel like if, if you, you want to talk about this, go see it. If you want to talk about the Batman, we'll see you in the Movie Club channel on the Discord for Eric for Kevin. We will see you guys next week. Go Hawks. <laughs>